Oh, you've watched Devil's Do. I have. Oh, good. I was going to show that to you next time I visited. What is it? Devil's Do. What are you talking about? I don't recognize the name. <sighs> um, Aside kind from of the comic company Here. that published uh, G.I. Joe for a while. Oh, Planet Satan. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to show that to you next time I visited. Yeah, that bitch is fucking fierce. Podcastable? Oh, most definitely, yes. Good. I, I have wanted that on the list for a while, but I wanted to actually like sit you down and have you watch the episode. I was hoping to see your reactions to it firsthand, but at least you had a favorable outlook on it. Is that the one with Ardra? Yes, yes. it is. Look yes, at those that... goddamn heels. No, <laughs> In I, space. No. Look. Well, there's no gravity, so it's easier to wear heels. <laughs> I don't no. think you know how heels work. Uh, you're probably right. I used to the one the heels I usually see are pointing straight up in the air. Well, so are these. <laughs> well, it's space. There's no up or down. Yeah, like I was telling, hey Mickey, uh, Ardra is like I've based basically every female villain I've ever written is kind of based on her in some way. <laughs> That's why you're so creative. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because every character has created whole cloth from nothing. That's right. <laughs> Says the people who watch Toku, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this one's blue. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. I don't know, is a chicken capable of consenting? Hey, Mickey! Like those old uh, rub and tracing things. So choose one shaft, one head, and one foreskin, and then just, you know, rub it <laughs> off. Scott! Hi, everybody! I'm Scott! Let's talk about Star Trek! <laughs> and Fort Max! Yay! Anyway, yeah. <laughs> let's, talk about more, let's talk about something more fun, like AIDS. <laughs> space AIDS. <laughs> AIDS in space. That's a great place to start the show. I will say this episode was a lot better than the last one in that it uh, actually uh, seemed like it was about the thing it was supposed to be about. Yeah, Agreed. and it's not really insulting. It's just. Hammy in the cheesiest after-school special way that robs it of any impact. They shoot the yeah. bed, man. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 too obvious and it's it's too preachy and it's like, well, of course you're right. I mean, who who would disagree with the point you're making? It's not like this controversy, you know. Like maybe if they made this episode in the eighties. Yeah, like eighty three. Yeah, before the AIDS epidemic really hit. No, it was it was occurring in the eighties. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, but uh, Scott, you're stepping over my punchlines here. The fact, <laughs> very irritating, dude. He can't help it. He was like homeschooled. Twenty-five years, you know this. Just let me lie about things for a joke. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> so I was hanging out with my huge penis the other day. But the the B plot on this uh, is fabulous, <laughs> and. I love how the B plot makes fun of the A plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
They totally wreck their own fucking point in their own episode with their own secondary plot. I didn't even think of that. That's very good, Scott. I'm glad we kept you around. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about firing you and bringing Ken back this week. I can start talking like this if you want me to. But can you do... Can you do Ken Ray? <laughs> can you do the Ken Despair noise? That's the same thing for it, Max. It's subtly different. <laughs> See, when he's happy, he goes, ee! When he's scared, he goes, ee! When he's angry, he goes, ee! Suddenly, there's a pile of cats waiting outside your house for you, Scott. <laughs> and we're all, like, fucking each other. What's going on out there? And that's, like, a, a huge pile of intro quotes for Scott, though. <laughs> I have a so many, though. But, of... <laughs> but you can stack them on top of each other like a whole wall of sound thing. <laughs> Shit, you're right. <laughs> Left channel, right channel. Oh, the show posts in mono, so that wouldn't help. Oh, Rich, glorious mono, just the way the Beatles intended. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I could start posting it in stereo again, because we're not using uh, Kilby's own hosting. Like, it's all going on SoundCloud now, so I assume unlimited space. Your mom has unlimited space. <sighs> just in her crotch. Um... <laughs> And her mouth. So we are doing uh, Star Trek Enterprise this week, and it's from season two, right? Uh, the episode Stigma. So yes, 14. Episode, yeah, episode 14. All right. So very ham-handed, very obvious. Okay, it's like at some point I'm like, well, okay, we get it. We get the allegory. Fuck's sake. There's a couple writing problems I have with this episode, but we'll, 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 we'll burn those when we get to them. All right, I'm going to have Scott do this episode. God damn it. Use protection, Scott. <laughs> or, or don't. I mean, apparently that's perfectly fine, too. You don't want space aids. As, lo as long as I'm not part of, quote, the minority, end quote. <sighs> well, we'll get to that later. Yes. All righty. No, Scott, you are a middle class, uh, you know, working white male. You are, by definition, not any minority. No, no. Oh, I... I know. Uh, actually, he is. He's Irish. I'm, all, I'm also like an atheist, so I don't know if that counts. I mean, not in California, obviously, but like in the Deep <laughs> South. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why you had to move. That was one of the reasons, yes. <laughs> all right. So we open up on the uh, the sick bay uh, with Dr. Phlox, who it's a very Phlox heavy episode, which is wonderful. Uh, yeah, Fox is a character I really did not like at the very beginning, but as the show has gone on, I've liked more and more. He, he uh, specifically because like... they, they cut out his CGI bullshit. <clears throat> yeah, and use it sparingly. Uh, well, he's also always seemed to me like the only sane motherfucker in the room. I've always liked characters like that. Yeah. So, uh, what was this CGI bullshit? Oh, yes. the um, the warped smile. Yeah, Denoblians uh, have these giant, creepy-ass, weird smiles that go from literally ear to ear, and it's very unnerving. Because it, it just looks like bad CGI. Because it is. It looks like Black Hole Sun, is what it looks like. Remember the Black Hole Sun video? No, just a song. Okay. Well, the video was all that. It had that weird, warpy CGI back when it was like brand new and it was mind-blowing. So anyway, I went up on, uh, in the sick bay, and Dr. Flox is talking to, uh, to Paul who's describing that her midichlorians are too low or something. <laughs> I don't fucking know. 
but basically, what I like is the fact that she comes out from behind like a changing thing, putting her clothes back on. It's like, <laughs> um, I don't think she needs to get nude for this examination, brah. <laughs> So, point is that she has a degenerative mental disease that can only be contracted degenerative by Degenerative neurological blood. disease. There's an important distinction there, Scott. Maybe for nerds like you, with your words and shit. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so yes, uh, she contracted this kind of neurological disease. Uh, only one way to get it is for the mind melding. Flox has known about it for like a year now. He's tried to treat it, but he's kind of run out. Yeah, now skip it's... the entire episode, dude. This is probably a mystery right now. Oh, am I? Yeah. The only episode it opens, opens up with is Flox saying, the treatments are no longer working. You're going to fucking die. <laughs> oh, dun, 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 dun. And the audience is left going, what? What's wrong with T'Pol? Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. Does she have the space aids? <sighs> okay. I, I do like Enterprise, but I will never forgive them from the opening credits. That will just never happen. I will never forgive them. That's you need to let it go, Scott, because it's been a long, long <laughs> time. Motherfucker! <laughs> and our time is finally here. Uh, wish your time was up. All right, so they're uh, in orbit around some, I guess it's like a Denobulan planet? Nope. Just a it's planet. Not, it's a rock. Okay. Okay, so there's just a, a Iraq? rock in space. They're going uh, They're there for like a medical conference. They're picking up a new uh, neutron microscope for the med bay, which is like an electron microscope, but Star Trek. Yeah, that seems about right. It's, it's more neutral. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it, was, um, if it was Voyager, they'd be calling it a photon microscope. Echon <laughs> <Back on> microscope. <laughs> I want to say they've had one of those at one point. <laughs> Polarity microscope? <laughs> Photon microscope. If I could slap you through the sky. Now my eyes All right. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll get back from the theme song, that long goddamn road we were on, uh, to the Captain Flocks and Trip, who are coming down to the uh, docking ring, uh, docking port. And apparently Dr. Flocks's second wife, Feasel? is coming aboard. So, hooray! So, first of all, really, you married someone named Feasel? Really? Yeah, and then yeah. the door was like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Overlands. So he comes in and talk, calls her uh, his his beloved, which is very sweet, and they, they do a warm embrace of not touching but sniffing each other's faces. Well, they don't want to touch the makeup. Right. Yeah. To which Trip and Archer look at each other like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> it's like, come on, you guys are surrounded by aliens. Really? Well, that's just fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I, I, I have to say, I really love the actress that had to play Fiesel because she takes all of uh, uh, Dr. Flox's mannerisms and his mode of speech, and she does the exact same thing. So you really get the sense that they're part of the same species. I think it's really awesome how she acts it out. That is a nice point, actually. Yeah, you buy that they're related. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. Well, not like that, but... Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, they're not space Alabamians. So, Archer's like, oh, I'm sure you two want to go off and immediately have sex because you haven't seen your wife in so long. He's like, oh, no, it's been years. We can wait a few more days. <laughs> well, will somebody else on the ship fuck her first? <laughs> and then she notices Tripp's bulge. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so Trip, he's going to go wander off and do some work and everything. And she stops and goes, oh, no, sweet meat, you're coming with us. Because <laughs> aren't, aren't, aren't you coming, Trip? And he's like, no, no, I got, like, shit to do. She's like, okay. You're going you to be coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then she flashes her pearly whites. All 92 of them. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it is beautiful, though, how semen rolls down to nubulant head ridges. I got, I got to say. So I like the, how we, we cut straight from the juxtaposition of like the terrible CGI on her face to the pretty goddamn good CGI of this bazaar on this planet they're going to. Oh, um, yeah. This city? is way better than a map painting. Yeah. yeah this, Up yeah, until they get to, like, a closer in shot on two of the figures walking. That's a little rough, but as far yeah. as setting the mood for the scene... That is a lot better than just like a map painting of a generic alien city. Yeah, no, if they had stuck with just that like uh, pulled out overview shot mm-hmm. and not gone into that catwalk, uh, it would have actually cut it like a few seconds earlier. Yeah, it would have been a really good presentation. It's just that that one little bit of trying to establish the two characters walking to the doorway. And I'm going to get there. They're a completely different color than the CG models. Yeah. Like, no, like, no seriously, I thought that was supposed to be two of the Enterprise personnel walking up to that door, but no, it, it wasn't. But it totally sells me on, like, you know, Embassy Suites, Marriott Marquis, Convention Center realness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, what you don't get, though, is the B.O. from the nerds. <laughs> well, this is the future the and it's space. Well, this, and plus, this is a medical convention. <laughs> so it just this is like full of doctors and shit. Well, okay, it's full of doctors, but it's also full of, like, researchers. <laughs> yeah, which are very different. <laughs> like, it's, true. like, as much as doctors might be nerds in general, these are the nerds among the nerds. It's like architects versus constructioners. 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 <laughs> yes. Do they, they all form together out of five of them to make one big constructioner? No, you need six of them, goddammit. You know that. <laughs> no, sorry. I didn't know it was a headmaster. Sorry. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Take him off the call. <laughs> Actually, I think it's a breastmaster because the piece snapped onto the front of the chest. Mm-hmm. All right, so the CGI, uh, I thought was awesome, and especially back in like 2002, whenever this aired, uh, it was pretty fucking rad. Talks but as far as setting the scene, I think it's great. So we, we zoom in, we go inside to somebody's quarters or a little research lab station. Uh, Flox is there with three. I hate to use the word stoic Vulcans because that's just repeating myself. So he starts going this big spiel. It's like, oh, I've got a colleague who's, uh, we have this disease that's very similar to uh, your Panar syndrome. Uh, and we would like to share information. And they're like, eh. Why? He's <laughs> like, well, it's it's not fatal, but we, you know, we kind of want to cure it. We're kind of at a, at a crossroads. And since, you know, we're at an interspecies, inter civilization medical conference let's share information because that's what we're fucking here to do why <laughs> yeah and then they go into this weird spiel it's like oh it only affects a small portion of our population of undesirables oh, oh okay just our gaze yeah their behavior is neither condoned or sanctioned or whatever it's an immoral affront to our society <laughs> won't somebody think of the children <laughs> So, I didn't realize that Vulcan was inhabited entirely by Westboro. <laughs> They're not as litigious. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So well, it, to, to sue is illogical. Flux tries to explain to them, it's like, look, this, I don't care about whatever petty, hateful bullshit you got going on. My disease affects everybody in my culture. So, you know, there's no real stigma here. So just, I just want to, you know, doctor to doctor, cure a disease. Maybe. Well, think about it. Yeah, and there's Let yeah, us they're just... spy on you first. <laughs> right. We have to conduct background checks. You might have a homosexual among your midst. I want to help them. So it's like gay panic over here. What the fuck? So, you know, Flock's being awesome. He's just like, well, anything you can give me would be great. And he's willing to lie his ass off, which I think is awesome for a doctor. <laughs> Flock has the best medical ethics. He he kind of does. <laughs> I mean, I like Vlogs. Oh, yeah. All right. So <clears throat> the Vulcans are immediately suspicious because, and we'll go into this a little bit later because I got a point to make about these fucking Vulcans. Well, who doesn't have a point to make about the fucking Vulcans in Enterprise? Aha, uh-huh, ears, right, guys? I mean, that's offensive and racist, but, you know, whatever, <laughs> hey, Mickey. Can you bleep that out, XB, please? I don't want to offend our Vulcan listeners. I expected better of you, hey, Mickey. Wait, wait, wait. Vulcan listeners. Plural. Because they have two pointy ears. Oh! Okay. <laughs> I think Fort Max's point was more of listeners. Yeah, well. <clears throat> and about 200 years when the light travels to the whatever. Anyway, so we get back up to the medical bay, and they're looking at I'm the I'm not neutron. sure that applies, Scott. This is all being transmitted over wires. Yeah, I was really hoping you weren't going to like call me on that. <laughs> this isn't transmitting via also, radio. Also, this is a sound right? podcast, not a visual podcast. You'd wait for the sound to travel through space to get to them. Well, that's true. Well, sound that takes much longer. Well, sound is like light. Well, only in the Star Wars galaxy, because then it <laughs> propagates at infinite speed. So it's really the best way to... You know, the Death Star explodes, you can hear it fucking instantaneously. Anyway, so up in the medical bay... That's there's the THX. There's... <laughs> Mm, THC. They're fiddling with the uh, the neutron microscope. So Trip is there. And Trip's like, I don't understand how these instructions work. And she's like, see that thing with the thread on it? Screw it into the other spot. Right. <laughs> you see this one piece that can only go one place on this very simple three-dimensional object? That's where it goes. Oh! There you go, it's done. I get it. See? I, I, I think I know what the problem is. Trip hasn't been able to take it apart first because it's already apart. <laughs> You're talking about her. If, it, if he would now, if they gave him a assembled uh, neutral microscope, he'd have no problem reassembling it after he took it apart. See, that's like too good of a point. I don't even want to acknowledge it. Buying <laughs> a transformer in vehicle mode is easier to go to robot mode than vice versa. Not Without these days. Back in my day. Well, I'd say Revenge of the Fallen times. Yeah, but then you get things like Blaze Master and you just, like, why even bother? Well, you don't bother. Yeah, you, you set it on fire. Yeah, set them on fire. <laughs> so, Feasel is flirting. Remember when hot... used to be packaged in vehicle mode? Yeah, yeah, that ended with Revenge of the Fallen. These people, I like to point out, these people are having nostalgia about shit from, like, last year. How long ago was Revenge of the Fallen? <sighs> Seven years? Eight years? Uh-huh. 2009. 
Okay, so it was 2009 when Paladin uh, saw it. 11 How many times, times, yeah. Years? 11. I will turn this podcast around. <laughs> it won't help. And we'll, just go, and we'll just go right back home. I, th- I thought we were already going back. Oh, yeah. Well, we are because we're now our Enterprise. Uh, all right, so yeah, he takes the piece, puts it into the thing, and she's like, good job. Now, Pat, wait a second here. She tells him. Insert the thick end into this opening. Yes. 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 And she's and then, gripping tenaciously to his buttocks. Yeah. And she like leans in and starts pressing her boobs up against him. When <laughs> it finishes, she says, you can pull it out now. The stream should be initiated. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that you can pull it out now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they threw now. away, like, you know, whatever touch-up writer they usually have to do the subtext. Because it's just all over the place here. Yeah, this is this is over text. <laughs> well, yes, Scott, that's where the word overt comes from. Is it? I thought it came from eggs. Over. Yeah, me too. Like ovipositor. Good sound effect. All right. <laughs> all right, you're going to need to come a little closer to see this. So he kind of smirks and leans in and she like pulls it away so he has to get closer <laughs> good lord alright so it's pretty obvious uh, Flux's wife wants to bang the hell out of Trip can you blame her? she wants him to eat her catfish I okay <laughs> you know it has whiskers down there you know it's got these two like it's like a catfish mouth down there uh, well there's two tufts of Denobelian smiles <laughs> I bet he has ridges, too. Probably. Like the roof of your mouth. All right. I meant on so the outside. Up. Like having sex with a washing board. <laughs> uh, all right. So we go to, uh, it's like the, the ready room. Uh, or the archer's quarters? It's the captain's dining quarters. Yeah, the captain's quarters, whatever. So he's in there having breakfast-ish, I guess. With uh, with Paul, well, clearly it's dinner because the sun is set. <laughs> yeah, it's dark outside, so you're right. It's probably dinner, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> uh, and he's like, "Oh, there's a bunch of Vulcans down there. Do you want to go hang out with your Vulcan friends? Do you want to go play with them? Do you want to go outside? Do you want to go outside and play with your Vulcan friends?" <laughs> now what? Now what happened last time he was suggesting this? <clears throat> she got raped. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, I think oh, there's no know? repercussions from that. Yeah, I like how he says, "Well, you may know one of them." <laughs> she looks at him like, "Motherfucker, <laughs> there are over a million physicians on Vulcan. You think it was they're Vulcans? I'm Vulcan. I'm going to know one of them. We're an entire species, you cock." There's 15 billion of us in the galaxy. <laughs> now I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah, he's like, "Well, I'll just tell I'm you guys, instead of hanging out with me, you could hang out with people of your own kind." Yeah, they're boring. You people. They're boring. Have you ever spent any time with Vulcans? <laughs> yeah. Archer so much. <laughs> He's the worst captain. <laughs> God. Uh, well, that's what you get for being an admiral's son. I don't see how the fuck he founded the Federation. He didn't. He just gave the speech. 
Yeah, he's there for the inauguration. That was it. He he smashed the champagne on the side. That was it. Yeah, I just imagine his speech. Like he had this written thing out that was done by like a PR person. He looks at it for a second. He throws it away and says, "You know what? You all said that we couldn't do this. We're going to do it anyway." Because like, we're humans. <laughs> we're humans. We're, we're going to we... civilize you people. And he like flips the table over and like crashes the Enterprise through the, the conference hall. <laughs> like does donuts on the lawn. Alright, so they're eating dinner and, and they get a message like, oh, the, the Vulcan uh, shuttlecraft is, is docking with the Enterprise now. Right now. Like, right this fucking second. It's like, uh, oh, okay. Couldn't well, they have we'll called them... first? Who gave them permission to dock? Uh, yeah. I bet it was Travis. Now, I like how you see Paula immediately break into a cold sweat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, you see sweat stains start growing beneath their armpits at an exponential rate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we get into, like, I guess their, their little ready room, their little meeting room. And uh, Archer starts bragging about how they're good at making Vulcan food, which solely consists of plomeek plo soup. Thank you. <laughs> which is basically what water soaked in rocks. <laughs> I was going to say it had like a single cabbage leaf floating on the top of it. <laughs> like dirty dishwater. All right, so we get uh, T'Pol, Archer, uh, Dr. Flux, and then the three Vulcan assholes sitting there. The Vulcans just sit down and make themselves comfortable. All right, so we've uh, come to discuss what the fuck's going on with your uh, with your shit here. We smell something nasty. Oh, it's just, like, okay, you guys have fun. Bye. Yeah, Archer's like, well, this isn't important. I'll just leave. <laughs> It's like, no, 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 we want the Vulcan here, too. And then Archer just buggers off. I guess he's like, they're going to talk about nerd stuff? I don't know. All right, so now we're getting into the problem. Well, she's a, well clearly, uh, I mean, she's a Vulcan. These other guys are Vulcans. They must know they each, other. each other. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, he's... Archer's probably missing his water polo match. Yeah. Uh, Stupidest fucking character trait. Oh my god. I mean, seriously, who even likes water polo? I, I guess uh, probably uh, Brannon. Oh, okay. Who even okay. remembers water polo exists uh, when it's not the Summer Olympics? Yeah, and just like curling, curling in the Winter Olympics. God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now that said, I like watching curling when the Winter Olympics are on, but like the rest of the time, I barely remember it exists. Well, don't forget that he also owns a beagle. I mean, that's like a character thing, right? That's crazy. He owns a pet on a ship. That's crazy. Card did it first. There's <laughs> several jokes I can make there, but I'm not going to. Uh, so, what, what pet did the Kirk lionfish? Have? I thought that was Picard. Yes. Yeah, said Picard did it first. Oh, they said Kurt said it first. No. Oh, okay. Hey, and who said <sighs> Picard did? And you, you got half of the words wrong. <laughs> anyway, Kurt, Kurt did. About? Kirk did have a pet first, but he had to send her to go live on a farm after a few weeks. Mm. It was. It was the green skin her. was distracting. No, it was Yeoman Rand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they start grilling to Paul 
of like, oh, so you know what Pranar syndrome is? She's like, yes, it's basically space aids, and it like <laughs> it kills your brain. And like, do you know how you get Pranar syndrome? And she's like, yes, you do it by mind melding. And be about being a dirty homosexual commie. Yeah, yeah. Do you condone homosexual behavior? To which she uh, she sidesteps. So she goes, oh, I'd appreciate if you tell me, you know, why you're asking me this shit. Yeah, and Flox is starting to get pissed, too, which I, I'm glad he kind of steps in. He's like, why are you even talking about this? This is my thing. And then the Vulcans are like, look, you're asking about this particular disease that affects certain Vulcans that uh, we hate. Uh, so we're going to find any excuse to find someone like that. So we're going to assume it's your your science officer and then basically go on a witch hunt after her. Is you she... recognize any of these noted homosexual names on this pad? Yeah. Does does T'Pol is gay? Oh, and don't mind the glue on the back. That's just a coincidence. Right, yeah. It's a little sticky. It's a little hot in here. <laughs> the paint's oh, melting. Right. melting. <laughs> yeah. It was made of sugar. <laughs> Ooh. Cheap geranium. Do you know any melters? Do you know any homosexuals? Well, I've met several. Do you know any minorities? Yeah, minorities. Do you condone the behavior? And she's again, she sidesteps and goes, I don't understand why you're asking me this shit. <laughs> so she very blatantly refuses to answer the question. <clears throat> That's a smart move. Yeah, make it really obvious you're not answering it. That's good. So, yeah, so the, so the doctor finally just asked him, like, so Dr. Flox asked him, so do you have the research or not? And the folk is like, we do. We're just not going to give it to you. So fuck off. <laughs> And Tapal's like, you came all the way up here in a shuttlecraft just to say no? <laughs> and their, their response is basically, we wanted to see if you were the gay or not. If yep. you're part of the minority. We wanted to see it for ourselves and then, yeah. So she gets Vulcans, t- everybody. Vulcans. <laughs> yeah. All right, so they uh, they get back down to the lab. They take the pad and they they are obviously scanning it and then they're scanning her DNA and they discover that, yes, she does, in fact, have the disease. Okay. What type of magic bullshit are they doing here in, what, the 22nd century? Or whatever the shit this is taking place in. Well, the, she the leaves... The thumbprint carries DNA of her brain in it. Well, your 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 DNA to all your body is, is in every cell of your body. Thumbprint. Uh, it's just, like, your thumb mashed down dirt on something. If yeah, well, skin think, cells or anything. Well, if she left any sort of biological residue, it might be in there. I, I don't know. I'm not defending it. I'm just it's possible, it. but it seems mighty. What's what I'm looking for? Bullshit. <laughs> Spurious. Yeah. Well, you know, 22nd century alien technology. What ifs? They're still curing so, people by putting leeches on them in this century. <laughs> Damn it, Flox. <clears throat> All right. So we cut back down to the medical bay, and Flox is sitting in the background doing busy work, overhearing his wife flirt with another man, and getting rock hard, too. <laughs> he starts gossiping with her. Yeah. Which is awesome, by the way, because it is like how couples talk. <laughs> Uh, so she's like trying to talk to Trip. Okay, so a simple strain of protein can be enlarged to massive proportions. You can't. You can clearly see its girth. You just tweak it this way, then that. <laughs> right. 
Which is kind of neat because they get to look at like carbon atoms. And the thing so. is, is that I get that as this episode goes on, it's almost like Fox is just it from, moves from becoming entertained to just pissed off that uh, Trip thinks uh, that his wife isn't good enough for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Fox is in the background going, "So what about the Joneses? How are they? Oh, they split up. No, <laughs> a scandal." <laughs> like a trick goes, man, this is a bitch. And she's like, excuse me? He's like, oh, no, 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 not you, the microscope. To which she just right. laughs at him. It was a cold. And is metaphor. probably some and is uh <clears throat> prob- and is disappointed in the fact that, oh, I thought I was getting to him. <laughs> yeah, and then she giggles like, hee hee, you're so funny. Yeah. And smart. So poor trip can't memorize like a sequence of commands. You know, we can keep a warp core running. Maybe you should take fucking notes. Don't be an asshole, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's the 22nd century. Humanity's evolved past the need for writing, jotting down notes. Just like they well, apparently... See, see, the problem is the instructions are in Denobulin. <laughs> so is her vagina. But his pencil and spiral-bound notebook are not. Yes. All right, so she puts his, her hand on his shoulders, like, oh, it's okay, you'll get it soon enough. <laughs> he's like, he's about to crawl out of his own skin. His flux just saunters over with a big grin in his face. And he's just bragging, like, oh, it's so wonderful that you're my second wife. Oh, I love it. She's so wonderful. Trip's like, <laughs> shoot me. <laughs> so Flux conveniently gets called away to the ready room, leaving Trip and the seductress. You know, Denobulans, we have prehensile tongues. <laughs> and clits. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time. It's like being in a spit roast of pleasure. They can tie a cherry stem in I a think knot. that's in an intro vagina. quote. <laughs> they, can, they can tie a, t- a cherry tree into a knot. Rero, <laughs> Cannot tell a lie. All right, so... Uh, Flux uh, meanders his way up to the uh, captain's ready room, and T'Pol is in there. Uh, and now they realize that they're going to get in trouble by the principal. <laughs> like Archer does have the wonderful line of, it's been a while since I've been embarrassed by a Vulcan dignitary. <laughs> 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 and of course, the, the, the T'Pol and Flux are acting okay, old Okay, okay. So uh, what was the first time and uh also is that first time constantly used as example number one in uh in uh medical papers <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> nice yeah well enterprise because i mean the vulcans are such assholes in enterprise and and well it's for the maybe to the end i'll go into my spiel you know they weren't terribly friendly in the original series either they weren't like this though fine. They weren't, but they weren't like this. This is compl- being completely illogical about being terrible. Yeah. Well, and like in the fourth season, they kind of go a little into why that is. But in as often is the case with Enterprise, in trying to explain an inconsistency, they just kind of make everything worse. Yeah. They have to create the inconsistency first. Did right. Yeah, I mean, I, okay. Uh, all right. well, did, did they uh, end up spending a three-parter on it or something? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh God. 
All right. How much turnovers were spent on? Well, were wasted on clearing up inconsistencies by creating a bunch more. Uh huh. Was that the entire season? Just about, yeah. There was also the uh, the quick little trip into the mirror universe, which I thought was rad, but a lot of people apparently didn't like. <laughs> I liked it. So, okay, so my phone is ringing. Who is calling me? Oh, they're calling from the United States. That's helpful. Anyway, <laughs> the United States is calling. All right. Um, so I think what the Vulcans is they have such a stick up there. They're clearly like bigoted assholes in this. I mean, like they're they're they don't condone certain actions of minorities, and and, and especially down to the brass taxes, mind melding. Mind melding is an ability only a small percentage have, and if they do it, was, they're considered these outcasts. Had it previously been established that only a small percentage were able to? No. No. Because, if I recall correctly, Spock did it all the goddamn time just when he wanted someone to bring him a cup of coffee. Tuvok used it as a plot device so much that Jamie ordered him to ask permission in the future. <sighs> okay. Yeah, but I like using TOS because that's only like 100 years from now. So, so okay, so that means that Spock was in this, is basically Vulcan gay. Because he has this ability to initiate mind melds. Well, that's why you can ship him with Kirk so easily. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally, I'm okay with that, and I will. I simply accept that as being fact anyway. So, but okay, so that means that Spock's part of this minority, and that just a hundred years ago, it was like basically punishable by ostracization, and his, or just and, and, being capable of doing a mind melt. Right, right. But here not he is, not even and, just do not. Doing one, not okay, okay. engaging in mind melds, but just being physically able to. Right. Okay. Slight counterpoint. Look how far uh, gay rights has come in forty years. Right. Right. Well, well that, that goes to my point. I completely agree with you. And, that, and what I was about to say is the forming of the Federation and the Vulcans being part of the Federation of multiple planets and multiple species mellowed them the fuck out. And thank goodness. I also can't remember that three-parter from season four, but I want to say part of that was also revealing that, like, okay, basically anybody can be taught to mind meld if they're open to it. Which makes sense. I mean, because I've always understood that Vulcans, uh, basically just as a species, have that telepathic, at least uh, latent capability. I wouldn't call it latent, but, like, um, yeah, they all have telepathic potential. So right. it, that's what I mean. Potential. Well, more it's like most of them never just bother trying to learn how to ride a bike or suck a dick. In this case, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, with a mouth can suck a dick, but some have a more natural <laughs> aptitude for it. Right, right. Some enjoy it. Some are forced to do it by their uncle. So, so I guess in a hundred years of being in the Federation, really mellowed out the Vulcans. And the other thing I thought that was weird is they're all against spirituality and it's not logical. They're against any of that kind of stuff. Emotions, transferring of thoughts and ideas, that's abhorrent to them. And yet when – And yet Spock... that seems because – yet that uh, seems illogical because it's – because using that to transmit thoughts and ideas seems very efficient. Yeah, that. <laughs> and remember when Spock died and came back to life? They had to put his katra back in his fucking body, and there's like this giant temple on Vulcan and all these priestesses and priests and shit that get involved in that. Where were those assholes back in Enterprise? Era. Well, you know, Scientology popped up pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure if you're helping. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm he's not helping. helping. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're not helping. I'm not. <laughs> uh, but meanwhile, back in the ready room in this meeting. Okay. Right. 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 So yeah. So Archer is just like. So basically, they called me, told me that they scanned you, and then you have this deadly disease that neither one of you assholes fucking told me about. For a year. To which, to which Flock says, uh, Dr. Patient Confidentiality? I thought, that was I, thought you humans. I thought this was a thing you humans uh, insisted on. <laughs> right. Okay. Hey, Mickey, what was that? It's none of your goddamn business. All right. XV, what would you have to say? Uh, basically the same thing Fort Max was saying. You know, this doctor-patient confidentiality thing's popular with you humans. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then he's like, "Why did you lie to them?" And Paul's just like, "Well, it's none of their fucking business." And he counters with, "Well, if they can help you, it kind of is." So basically, he just rips these two a new one, going, "Look, I'm just pissed that you lied to me, but my main concern is that my first officer, my science officer, is sick and needs help. So that's let's fucking do what we have to do to get her better." Which is a good captainy thing to say, I guess. Now, if I this guess. was Janeway, there would be uh, attacking and infiltrating the ship to get the uh, to get the data. No, that's well, Janeway single-handedly crafted the antidote. <laughs> right. If it was well, Janeway, like... there would be an infiltration mission because the Borg would have possession of the antidote. They once, yes, because they once assimilated a single Vulcan. Now they have the entire species knowledge, and it's in their data bank somewhere. Yes. So they have to go to like Unimatrix Zero to get it. And uh, maybe another future Janeway can come back and infect the collective again, so they can get the <laughs> antidote. Oh boy! I hate Voyager. <laughs> but it is the reason for this podcast, in a way. Yeah, so, it's the reason so for Archer, the title of this podcast, at least. So Archer is totally missing the point. This is a, this is one of the things I find interesting is that it's only been like a hundred years since uh, Vulcans came down and we started you know, building spaceships and all this kind of stuff. When we united humanity and we solved all of our problems and no more bigotry or racism, Archer is so goddamn naive he literally cannot understand. That a disease could carry a stigma. It is. It is. He just. It does not click with him, and it pisses me off because he has. He has the same question several times. Why? Why? Why not just tell them? It you sick? They make you better. What's the problem? And it, no matter how many times they explain to him, look, it carries a stigma to have. We this. need parts to make ship go. Yeah, it just. He doesn't get it. And it pisses me off. I can see it from the other angle, too. Like, the Vulcans make this big deal about how they're, you know, more advanced and everything. So it's kind of like a natural assumption, well, they'd be over social issues like this. They should be beyond that, you know. Right. They should be in a farther along place than humans were before first contact. Well, And, of course, our Archer would have an idea of this if he hadn't just skimped out on the earlier meeting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, no, exactly. But the thing is about Vulcans is I think they're kind of like the. I, I wonder if uh, they were if when writing the episode they didn't have him skimp out of the meeting and then realized, oh wait, this would ruin our plot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, see, that's what happens when you skip meetings, people. You got to attend those meetings. Very important. So I wonder if Vulcans are just like Ferengi in the sense that their their culture just kind of stagnated because it was like six or eight thousand years ago when they you know developed logic and then stopped their warlike ways and they haven't really changed much since. They don't go explore for exploring's sake. We know that about Vulcans. They uh -huh. never colonize other planets. They don't do any of that shit. They just kind of like, ah, we're we're fine, we're good. What are they even doing out in space to begin with? That's what I want to know. There's like probably a few of them. They probably have the same space program that like the U.S. has now. It's like one ship. They go out there and go, okay, we did it. <laughs> well, the ones that saw Earth during the warp flight were probably just, you know, like on the way to Arby's or something. Yeah. Florby's. Space Nihilist Arby's. Uh, so to Paul tries to explain to Archer, like, no, but, it does, but they're Vulcans. It would have to be space vegetarian Arby's. Oh yeah, oh, huh. make a shake. Ew, God! <laughs> it would just taste like shaved ice. <laughs> <laughs> Roast plum meat sandwich. <laughs> All right. So she tries to explain to Archer, it's like, look, it's not about the disease, it's about the people who uh, who are capable of transmitting it and how they transmit it. So she tries to explain to him, look, they're gay, Vulcans <laughs> don't like gay people, and this is space AIDS. So if you have it, they feel like you kind of deserve it. So it's basically, you know, the United States back in the 80s and 90s. Yes, and this is space Reagan you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, and Archer just like is almost like denial about it. He's like, "Well, then how did that... you get it?" Yeah, remember when I got raped a few weeks ago, last year, whatever it was, a oh, year ago. Although Archer, in Enterprise, who can tell the difference? After you suggested, after the, the uh, <laughs> last time you suggested I go hang out with the other Vulcans, right? So she has to explain. Remember to her when uh, the guy who raped me uh, tried to kill you in your? Uh, office and knocked over all your CDs? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. wonder yeah. what he's doing he's now. Cool. <laughs> so, so in this scene, T'Pol has to explain to her boss that she was gay raped and infected with AIDS. I mean, that's the allegory. That's, 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 that's a major allegory. That's a major HR problem, too. So Flux explains, well, I've kept it in check up to this point, but now the system, my, my treatment has kind of run out. It's the good as it's going to get, and the symptoms are only going to get worse. So we need to try something new, something else. She needs a new cocktail. <laughs> Set tail. Oh, boy. So, yeah, just, I mean, can you imagine that being dragged in front of your boss and I had to explain to them how you get this disease? Once one again, most, one of the most traumatic experiences. Go ahead, yeah, yeah, one of the most traumatic experiences someone can go through, and they have this disease they're going to carry with them for the rest of their lives, and now your boss knows about it and is getting involved. Great, that's super. And your boss totally doesn't care that you're uncomfortable with all of this. Right, right. He Why doesn't care. You tell you me because I knew you'd be like this about it. Right, and you couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> so Archer. Being the white... Besides, he's going to do something about it. Yeah, besides he's going to do something about it. Well, I'm a white male. I can go down there and just talk to their manager and sort this all out. <laughs> That's literally his attitude about this. He's, he's like, like the right haircut to go talk to their manager. 
<laughs> Look, I got to go take the kids to baseball practice in like 15 minutes. Get your, you know. It's, no, it's lacrosse practice. Water polo. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take little Jimmy out to water polo. All right, whatever. So now Archer goes in there and tries to like talk to the Vulcans, going like, "Oh, my doctor was only lying to do this, and now I understand." And you guys are assholes. You should still, well, excuse me, you should still give me the research. And they're like, "No, she deserves it. We're, we're glad she's sick and she's gonna die." Because you know the minority, quote 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 quote, deserve it. Yeah, yeah. These, these these Vulcans are like space Republicans. Republicans. <laughs> Republicans. So Archer just asked very, very reasonable questions. Like, well, just because she's part of this minority that you don't condone their behavior, uh, that means she doesn't. She's just not worthy of medical treatment. That's right. And they're basically like. And again, they kind of give that non-answer of like, well, we don't condone their actions. Like, they didn't answer the question. They did not answer the question. I swear to God, so they wrote this episode, but it's copying the Wikipedia article for AIDS and the 80s, and is it like a, a find replace? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Archer is like, please, please, please don't tell the high command because they're going to take away my science officer. Please don't tell them. Please. I'll be your best friend. <laughs> And they're like, well, maybe we will, maybe we won't. I guess you'll just have to wonder. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that one Vulcan, and I noticed that he gives Archer this look of like, hey, Thaler, and then walks off. Yeah, it's the milkiest glance. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like me some Samuel Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, we don't condone this whole mind-melding thing, but if you'd like to go out for some butt sex later, let me know. <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> That's what I want. I want to see a gay Vulcan. I mean, gay human, one thing. That's fine, but I want to see, like, a gay Vulcan. But we've seen Andorians, I mean... What, the anal? I mean, anar? Whatever they're called? No, the ones with the big neon pink feather boas. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, they're not gay. They're just transvestite. That's different. They just you like dressing go, that way. You should go it's to a gay bar, Scott. We, I should. <laughs> there's, there's plenty down here in Sacramento, man. Down you don't have a bar, awesome. get there. They've got something you can borrow when you come to the door. <laughs> As we get up to T'Pol, she's in her, in her room wearing these, I think, pretty rad-looking Vulcan robes, honestly. Um... It's cool she's wearing Vulcan clothing, but it really doesn't fit her very well. Well, no, not like a skin-tight cat suit. <laughs> well, no, it looks like the robe was kind of falling off of her shoulders because it's done for someone that's broader than her. Like a man? Yeah. yeah. Like it was an extra's coat from a different episode. I think you're right. She only wears it for like 10 seconds in the episode, too. Because it probably fell off of her. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Julene Blaylock. No, 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 no. So uh, so she goes up to so Archer calls her up to to his 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 room to the captain's room and it, he looks at her and goes sit good girl like okay that's a bit condescending <laughs> and he starts apologizing that he couldn't go down there and fix it with his white maleness <laughs> I did everything I knew how to do I asked. <laughs> <laughs> 
I talked to their manager and everything. And he was just like, oh, sir, I can't help you. And I was like, well, okay, thank you for your time. And walked out. <laughs> oh, my God, he's the worst cat. But I don't understand <laughs> it. My privilege was useless. <laughs> my one superpower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it got me the captain's, captain's and see. Captaincy? 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 Is that, is that Scott, why are you the worst at everything? <laughs> Captaincy. Scott, I was homeschooled too, and I'm better at you than almost everything I know of. <laughs> That's a limitation of things you know of, though. <laughs> uh, but the things I know of, oh, yeah. I'm really good at. You are clearly better at, at differentiating between Toku characters. That you, sir, mwah, masterful. <laughs> Yes, I am. Uh, also, uh, except Craig? for J and Zio, well, nobody well, can tell them apart. <laughs> One of them has a slightly lighter shade of green in some angle. Well, in some lighting. Yeah, I thanks think. for it, Max. <laughs> also, I don't know which one it is. <laughs> clarified matters remarkably. <laughs> but I'm an expert at telling you where the power chamber is. It's, it's in, the in the trigger magnum, right? <laughs> yes. I'm gonna say it was in your pants. <sighs> All right. Anyway, I was going to try to compliment XV, but that moment's passed. <laughs> <sighs> Gone forever now. <laughs> Blame Fort Max for that. Uh, I'm helping. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Intro <Max>. boat. <laughs> All right. So Tapal uh, relates to Archer that oh, I just received a message from Eurus, the uh, Milky Glancer. Yes. And Archer's like, which one is he? They all look the same. <laughs> Damn it, Archer. The young like, one. She rolls and goes, breathes and goes, the youngest one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, he goes, meet me down at the, the northern part of the city in some shadowy alleyway for some reason alone. Being a, you know, part of this minority group that everyone hates. It'll no, be fine. No, we, we don't know that yet. We don't know what? That he's part of the minority group. Oh, we don't know the heeb that she is, though. He's, he's like, no. calling her out to come out by herself. And he is a part, part of the minority group. Yeah, but, but she has the disease, though. That's what I'm saying. This is the worst podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it I don't know. It's it's not that Godzilla, that time we covered Godzilla. Or tried to. The only thing big enough to cover Godzilla is your mom. Okay, so anyway, the minority is in the memory. Or is it the basement? I forget. Oh, that's the power chamber. Oh, thank you. See, yeah. you're learning. <laughs> Getting there, man. I'm trying. Uh, so, Eurus is down there. He enters a, a thermos full of... CDs? No, no, that's not a thermos. It's a CD case. I think you're I, right. I, have seen, I think I had one of those at one point. Well, this is right. the same show that literally used a fiberglass air conditioner filter as a hatch cover. Oh, uh, also the uh, air freshener thing. Oh, that was in DS9, but still. Air freshener? Yeah, yeah. in DS9, there's this, there this glade air freshener that sits on your desk, little kind of an oval-shaped thing. It was so clearly an air freshener sitting on a table, and it, like, zoomed in on it, and it panned away. It's really funny. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah. so, happened. anyway, there's a seat. Anyway, there, it's a cylindrical CD container, that one that kind of opens up. Uh, clamshell. A clamshell. And inside it are some Gaia memories? 
<laughs> you have the courage to ride with the devil to Paul. Akumani <laughs> <laughs> devil. E3 devil. <laughs> or however, keeping Nihon translated it in the last episode of Decade. I'm sorry, what? Or however, TV Nihon translated, translated uh, what? that line in, uh... <laughs> yes, yes, but... <laughs> the joke is the word translate and TV Nihon in the same sentence. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh. Oh. oh, there we go. Three Yuki. That's oh. what they <laughs> Money! It's, it's terrible that I can't make fun of you. You guys are being nerds because we're watching a Star Trek show. Here it is. Money! Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to know why you have that queued up where you can play it instantly from any point in time. You should always have your Dopant memory ready at hand, Scott. You never know when you're going to need to go and, like, break a <laughs> minivan or something. Noted. <laughs> Noted. We, we should hang out in Atlanta more often. <laughs> or, like, you know... Turn your body into a T-Rex head with funny little legs and then grow a machine body underneath you. Out of uh, terrible CGI. Yes. Or send somebody's hand into a cow. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think this memory has that uh, name in it, though. Gene? Yeah, I think that was later. This ends at yesterday, I think. Although, speaking of Gene, let's get back to Star Trek. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so he hands it over and goes, here's all of our research. Uh, and, but why and... are you helping me? Dun, dun, dun. Because I, too, am part of the minority. I, too, suck Vulcan pole. Yes. And I, I like how he says, like, I am part of the minority, as if it's the only minority. It yeah, is. Okay. Vulcans all look alike. Haven't you seen Vulcans before? <laughs> So that is the thing I didn't like about this episode. I don't they, know. There are black Vulcans. They didn't have any <laughs> other terms like the minority. They didn't have like an internal name for people like this. They could have just come up with any nonsense word with a with a uh, apostrophe in the middle of it and called it that. But no, for the rest of the episode, they just call it the minority. Yeah, I took and issue with that also. Lazy. That's just lazy, shitty writing. Although maybe the minority just refers to everyone on Vulcan who is not the normal. No, like you're so left-handed, you're a part of the, the minority. No, I disagree, because it's so specifically about the ability to mind meld naturally. I mean, I would prefer it if it was your way, but it's not. They're, they're very specifically talking about people who can mind I would meld. prefer it if it's my way. <laughs> That's generally true, though. Yeah. All right, so poor Eurus is in the closet. And... Yeah. So much pork. I know, it's just, it's just, I mean, this is like, it's it so handy. It's like, it's like jowls. Yeah. So T'Pol tries to explain, so look, I'm not part of the minority, but I have disease. So he, so he realizes, oh shit, you were coerced. This was put upon you. And he was like, you should tell them. They'll have a lot more sympathy for you if this was done against your will. You know. Uh, they might not even make you die. Right, yeah, they may not put you in the stocks and throw vegetables at you or whatever. Plum eek. <laughs> <laughs> like beating him with reeds with plum <laughs> Oh my god. What do you think a plum eek actually is? It looks just like a leak. It's just a leak. That's all it is. Well, that's boring. 
Yeah. I was hoping it was like the Vulcan version of like a soybean. Lomakes. I was just thinking more like tall grass. Yeah, pretty much. Like lemon There's grass. no grass on Vulcan. They smoked it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, we got up to the uh, to the mess hall, and Hoshi is here apparently. Hi, Hoshi. She's contractually here. Yep, she's contractually here, and she's bitching like, "Wait, why are you having a movie night on the ship? We're orbiting an alien planet with cities and cultures and stuff. Anybody can go down for short leave. Why do you want to stay up here and watch a movie?" And he's like, "Cause I don't want to be alone with that creepy Denobulan woman." <laughs> I looked up a picture with her vaginas look like it's like French kissing a catfish. <laughs> so she's like, "Fuck it, whatever. I'm going down the planet. Enjoy your stupid movie." So this what? is another thing they mentioned an old horror movie like Bella Lugosi and stuff like that. Oops. <laughs> and I've read several several articles of like, well, why in Star Trek they only talk about stuff from like the 20th century? And people are quick to answer because there was World War Three that destroyed almost everything in the 21st century. Actually, that's a good point. I never considered that. Yeah, that's why everyone always talks about 20th century shit is because that's the last time we had shit to talk about. Culture was almost destroyed in World War III and the eugenics wars. Dear God, this is the peak of human culture. Yep, and that's the point. Actually, uh-huh. the way things are so going in the real world right now, I would say like 1990 was the peak of human culture. Yeah, I'd go along with that. And that's why just even more sad. Now? And we had friends. Total Request Live. I mean... I gotta beat that. <laughs> Batman Robo- the Animated Series. Robocop <laughs> 2. Mystic Nasa Tiernanog. Saban's <laughs> Masked Rider. Let's not get crazy here, Fort Max. <laughs> yes. And right, of course, so... Star Trek Voyager. Yes. So Hoshi introduces herself to, uh, to Fiesel Phlox. And she says, oh, you're the lang- language weasel. Uh, language weasel. Weasel <laughs> fuck says, you're the language weasel. <laughs> so then they start speaking to each other in Denobulin, uh, to which Trip gets all concerned. He's like, you're not, you're not talking about me, are you? And Hoshi fucking him and says, oh, yeah, yeah, we totally are. We're talking about how big your cock is. <laughs> and then Fiesel starts rubbing his leg underneath the table with her foot, which is hilarious. And Hoshi actually says, oh, he's pulling your leg. <laughs> Rump pulling I, your leg. I would, I, was, uh, I would have made a joke about uh, Sakamoto having directed this, but no, uh, all the actors in here are... Uh, legal. Are uh, legal age. <laughs> She's like, I wasn't exactly pulling your leg, was I? Or it could be read, I wasn't exactly pulling your leg, was I? <laughs> <laughs> Prehensile toes. Yeah. <laughs> Prehensile kneecaps. Just you wait. <laughs> so, Trip, being a Southern gentleman, is like, look, I'm very flattered, but you're married. I can't do it. And she's like, yeah, but I'm a female. I'm a woman. It's all that matters, right? <laughs> and Tucker, instead of going, man, well, yes. wait. Yeah, instead of Tucker going, well, gee, this is an alien species. They might have different social mores than me. <laughs> I'm kind of leave now. Excuse I mean, me if I'm rude, bye. I can kind of see like his point of view on this, just as far as well. If he does this, he has to serve on the ship with her husband for the next however many years. You know, it could be an awkward situation, regardless. 
but the awkwardness only comes from him. And he should be, I mean, he joined Starfleet to like explore new things and meet new cultures and stuff and then be heebie-jeebie by them. I mean, and she stares at dad ass when he walks away, which is hilarious. Here's the fun thing, though, is that this door swings both ways. The Denoblians aren't terribly conscious of human moral issues. Right. They don't seem to care that they're offending him. <laughs> well, they're not, they don't understand why they're offending they're, him, they're for just, one thing. I think it's more they're, no, it's more they're just making him incredibly uncomfortable. Denoblians could just, like, racially be trolls. <laughs> Quite possible, yes. But but she's not trolling them. She actually does want to have sex with him, though. It's not like it's a trick. Just to make him feel bad, she really wants him. Yes, but at the same time, she's also probably perfectly aware that, like, her first advances made him very uncomfortable. And so she decided to just continue because it's fun. Maybe there's, like, a Denoblian version of negging. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Tucker, he goes, goes to, to blow off some steam by heading to the exercise room. And of course, Malcolm is in there because what else He's is contractually he in there? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and Malcolm feeds him this bullshit story. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. If you look at his wife, Flux will fucking kill you. You know, he's a psychopath, right? <laughs> I saw him get angry one time. Yeah. He tore off a bulkhead with his bare hands. <laughs> I saw him get angry one time when one of his critters bit him. So he ate it. I mean, <laughs> which is totally a misread on Dr. Flox in every possible way. And is only like in reinforcing stereotypes and all kinds of shit. It's like, Malcolm, shut up. Misread or just, or, or just messing with Trip. Malcolm Mis- can't help it. He's br- because Malcolm overreacts to every security situation. Malcolm can't help it. He's British. <laughs> Poor guy. The reality was he stubbed his toe and said, damn. Malcolm said he got belligerent. <laughs> Went to had, HR about it. Had to tase him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Malcolm is a pretty good representation of the early 2000s uh, police officer. <laughs> Stop resisting. Bat, 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 bat. <laughs> All right, so Flox gets the information that uh, he got from T'Pol. He's analyzing it. He's now t- going over it with her. It's like, oh, this is actually going to be helpful. Uh, there's a lot of data here. They haven't really done much with it. I think I could actually get more done with this in the next couple of weeks than the Vulcans have in decades because they haven't done anything with it. They, they're like choosing not to work on it. It's not a cure, but it'll keep you alive for the next 10 years. Right. I mean, that's as far shot how long the show's going to last. <laughs> Even in the most ideal circumstances. <laughs> All right. So Flux You'll live longer than Kess did. Ugh. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> So Archer comes a well, swaggering. Well, suffered from uh, meth poisoning, so. <laughs> I think you can just say meth. I don't think you have to put poisoning at the end of that. It adds emphasis. It's like, it's like ATM machine. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that person's got meth poisoning. I think you said they just had meth in their system. <laughs> anyway. No, I like to think meth poisoning is just like an extremely advanced case of having meth in your system. It was like having bullet poisoning. Oh, no. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's called, that's called lead poisoning, and you know it. Okay. Yeah, if you're like a 1940s gangster. <laughs> man, I gotta kill him with, kill with lead poisoning, see? Man. All right, whatever. So the reprising archer, he comes in. He's like, so you got a cure yet? Uh, you guys suck. <laughs> and Archer's like, yeah, I just talked to him again. 
And... Did you get the accomplished this time? So, again, even though the first time I made it worse, so I decided to try it again by putting my nose in this business. So now I've made it worse, and now they're going to recall you. So go back to Vulcan and live your days like in a shanty town outside of the city. Until you die. Right. Of in 150 days. years or so. Right. All right. So for some reason, they're not going to contact High Command until they've actually gotten back to Vulcan, which I don't understand. It's more humiliating that way. <laughs> so she asked us, like, well, have they told High Command yet? And he's like, well, no, not until, they actually, not until you actually reach Vulcan. It's like They're out of any time minutes. They have to wait till the, the next month. Yeah, they have to get wait till their orbit. They can, like, line of sight them. What the fuck? But whatever. No, no, so they're, they're not just, even going to call. They're just going to, like, walk her in there in front of them. Throw on the ground. Uh-huh. We found this filthy homosexual in space. <laughs> have you now, or have you ever had any contact or support for homosexuals? Um, so Archer's like, look, you've got to tell them this was forced on you. You know, if you're not part of the minority, you have this disease because someone, you, you have space aids because someone raped you. You're not, you're not even it's a homosexual. a totally great excuse. They'll totally buy it. Right. And she's like, well, no. they are, well, they are, they do have her DNA. They know that she's not part of the minority, but they don't care because. As far as they're she concerned, she sex. chose to. Yeah. 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 So she's like, no, because if I do that, it's be, I'll be making an excuse and condoting their prejudice. So I'm not even going to bother with it. And even Fox is like, you, you really all probably should tell them, you know, <laughs> so she, but Paul continues to speak, and God bless America starts coming up from behind her in the background. Yeah. <laughs> like a two-headed Romulan eagle flies overhead or something. She's so majestic. <laughs> and then... Uh, Especially when she walks away. My God. And then we cut to a meteor crashing to Earth, and uh, there are masked riders or something going on, or... I swear to God, if you bring up any more Toku in this goddamn podcast... <laughs> Godspeed Love is just amazing. Oh, right, right, right. It's awful. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's amazingly <laughs> awful. We get another beautiful city shot. This time at like sunset, and it looks fucking rad. And then we cut to the cave that the Vulcans are living in. What the fuck? <laughs> right. Did they run out of like budget for the light bill in this scene? Yeah, they want to feel like they're at home, you know, in their but, caves with but, no lamps. Right, right, under a bright desert sun with a thinner atmosphere. It's so dark. Yeah. So I like. I do like how Archer does finally. He finally gets the Starfleet captain indignation kind of thing going on now. I'll smash my way in to talk to you. Yeah, rabble, rabble, rabble. So he like goes around and gives dirty looks to all the Vulcans one by one because he still can't tell them apart. (laughs) No, I just like that. He still can't tell any of them apart. <laughs> just like, so hey, he wait, hey, wait, I recognize your robe. Clothes. Yeah, this one's got gray hair. I know this one. <laughs> hey, old gray hair, or whatever your name is. <laughs> Silver pack. Hey, brown shoes. Uh, so he oh, goes, you've got no oh, right to. Hey, uh, oh, hey, young gay. <laughs> you've got no right to take my Vulcan science officer. And he's like, oh, we've got every right. She's not yours. She belongs yeah, to we us. Yeah, we own her, not you. Now. Uh, so they go this big back and forth of like, oh my god, the high command will see if she's fit for duty. Ducka, ducka, ducka. Archer goes fucking rabid, starts foaming at the mouth. 
But he's also like honor bound to not reveal that she was, you know, raped and given space aids. So he's still trying to find a way to argue with it without using that fact, which is cumbersome. So he starts getting this moral high ground of like, oh, so it's, it's logical not to help people that need it. And, duck, 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 duck. and the Vulcan is just like, oh, our culture is way too complicated for you to understand. We're far more advanced. There's space where Vulcans are just too advanced for you to understand. Our space race is, our uh, space homophobia is too advanced for you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like 3D totally logical the way we thought it out. <laughs> yeah, our justifications are amazingly complex. It's like a fractal of justifications. <laughs> logic, 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 logic. Yeah. It is a logic hypercube. <laughs> so Archer pulls up a pad and is like, oh, well, according to your rules, there could be like a... Uh, a counselor or something, to, and and she has the right to face her accuser or some bullshit. The book is like, well, it's not really up for debate. I made my decision. I like her. She's like, where I come from, everything's open for debate. He's clearly never had kids. <laughs> no, no. When you have kids, the debate's just coming from the other direction. Right. So some things are not up for debate. You're going to bed. Go. <laughs> but why? <laughs> no debate. <laughs> Why? Yeah, imagine how insufferable Archer was when he was like six years old. Yes, was. <laughs> no, the... he still acts like one, he just isn't anymore. Okay, so the correct response to the but why at bedtime is to tell the child, because I'm about to pick you up and duct tape you to your bed. <laughs> True story. <laughs> that explains a lot. Did it work? Yes, my niece and nephew never argued with me again. Yeah, because they're protective custody now. <laughs> they're not allowed to talk to them. They're gone forever. <laughs> yeah, right, how so long does duct tape stay sticky for anyway? <laughs> Depends how sweaty they get. <laughs> I won't go into detail how I know this. Anyway, um, so come back well, up to the medical you bay. you need to tell us something? Nope. <laughs> At least, at least not according to Megan's law. All right. So we come back out to Medical Bay, and there's Merriweather for his contractually obligated scene. Woo! Contracts! Uh, criminally underused actor, by the way. Criminally underused abs, apparently. <laughs> the scene just to show them off. And they're not yeah. that great. Boy, he talks like an idiot, though. The guy seems like he's a real dumbass. Well, they Scott, he was he was homeschooled on a cargo ship. <laughs> so he's like going, he's telling Flox this bullshit story about how, like, these these things called Fargans, and they're like sheep, and you toss a ball back and forth, and they ram people, and it's a sport, and Flux like, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, where the continues, and we film it and put it on YouTube, we get like a thousand hits. It was rad. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember. And, Did YouTube exist in 2002? No. Nope. 2006, and, I think? Proven there is a god, Trip comes walking in, interrupts this retarded story, and asks to talk to Dr. Flox alone, because <laughs> even against all the advice from all the people that he knows and he's asked about, he's going to tell Dr. Flox, dude, your, your wife is trying to bone me. And Fox's like, yes, I know. It's a cuckold thing. 
no, it isn't really when the, no, it's not, when the entire right. race is poly. That, that, was, yes. like, that was called a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I am bad at jokes at times. <laughs> we love you anyway. But yeah, yes, I know. I've been there while it's been happening. I've been listening in. Why the why the heck do you not want to fuck my wife? <laughs> intro quote. <laughs> Oh, please intro quote that. <laughs> it's a little bit long. That's what she said. Oh. So, yeah, he basically goes, he starts like, oh, she's wonderful, she's smart, she's great, you're very lucky to be married to her, and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, yeah, I am. You can, be, you can have her if you want. <laughs> yeah, we're Denobulans, we don't give a shit. That's why our species works. So, okay. I. So, she's only, I... She isn't going to be here for all that much longer. I mean, if if you want her, you better take your chance. Yeah, and let me tell you, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is such a great line. He's like, yeah. "You lucky bastard!" <laughs> uh, what a great so, species trait. It is. I'm like the entire species is just naturally poly. Yeah, because why not? I mean, genetically speaking, it's not a bad idea, I guess. Every man has three wives and every woman has three husbands. Where, uh, with the colony that uh, was going to have enforced uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. space Irish. Yeah, Bus was there for that episode. Uh huh. And what? It was three uh, three per. Yeah, it was basically this ratio, except with the Denobulans, every man is married to three women, and every woman is married to three men. So, essentially, right. if you look at a broad enough picture, technically everybody's married to everybody. Well, it's like I mean, six just degrees like... of separation of Kevin Bacon, only with, oh, like, right. latex alien foreheads. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Flocks very rightly goes, look, didn't you join Starfleet to experience new cultures and learn new things and get out of the human morality and go explore the cosmos? And, and trips like and get, and get pregnant. Yeah, in in episode fucking two. <laughs> <laughs> and then Trip just basically says, I don't think I'm ever going to change my mind about this thing. I am closed minded and I will never change my mind. There's nothing you can ever do to get me to change my mind about something. At the same what, time, what though, like of, of all the things that he gets to be, you know, like very human morality centric about what he puts his penis in is probably the one thing he's really entitled to. Well, obviously, I'm not saying he has to do it, but it's his own personal hang up that's keeping him from doing it, you know. Which is his choice. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's his choice. It's just kind of like... It seems a little silly. Yeah. Now, here's the bad thing, though, is like, if I were in his position, I'd probably be the exact same way. I mean, I I fully admit that I would be like, yeah, I I can't do too weird. my, my, My human morality, my culture has said this, and I'm just, that's just why I'm my culture, Your culture sucks. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> not wrong. You're not wrong. And I acknowledge that. It's just that, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be the same way. It's like, I'd, I'd kind of want to because it'd be interesting and fun or whatever. You know, she's attractive. But I'd be like, I, you know, marriage means something to me that it doesn't mean to you. And I, I can't reconcile that. So I, I get it. I mean, but... As I said at the beginning of this, it is funny how they juxtapose the uh, the the B plot with the A plot, and it basically ruined both of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. There's no ruining this B plot. 
Well, good. well no, because the B-plot's all about uh, he can't break his prejudices to do something that would be fun and enjoyable and all this kind of stuff. No, no, the, the, B-plot the, is, the B-plot is uh, Trip is made hilariously uncomfortable for the entire episode. Well, yes, but why? It's because he can't matter. let go of these prejudices he has about this particular thing. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's another fun way that the B-plot contradicts the A-plot. What is the A-plot about? Space, Space apes. What is the B-plot about? Open relationships. Glorifying sex with multiple partners. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was trying to get there, but... <laughs> right, but we're focusing on Tripp's discomfort, which is hilarious. Yes. All right. So, uh, <laughs> moving on. T'Pol is in her room packing up her things. All two of them. Yes. <laughs> she got her plumeek paste. Very good for the skin. Yeah. And her space candles. Which are probably also That's... made of plumeek. Yeah, plumic scented. <laughs> just, just like air. Open flame candles in space. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the, even... the, the captain gave her permission. Well, but this is Captain Archer. I didn't say it was a good idea. <laughs> uh, Archer right. comes in and says, I got you here, and you want to come defend yourself? <laughs> no! Yeah, you should tell them that you were raped. And she's like, nah. Tell everyone that you were raped. Make it public record. Yes. I want to see you up on stage under a spotlight telling everyone how you were raped and given this terminal disease. It'll be so entertaining to watch the look of shock and disgust on everyone's faces around you. Doesn't that sound wonderful to Paul? You should do that. Just think of every Vulcan pointing at you and blaming you for it. Doesn't that sound nice? Oh my God. And uh, the ones who aren't going to get blaming in you, uh, they'll be taking it out on every member of the minority that they find. Yep. Uh, or suspect. Jesus. So, in this episode, I think Archer's kind of the villain, isn't he? Yeah. Maybe not maliciously so, but... Certainly negligently. Yes, yes. All right, but so like, but like, negligent homicide is still homicide, and the right. fact that he continues to be negligent about it, even being, even after being told over and over again, no, shut up, fuck you. Right, none of your business. Let this alone. This is my business. Oh, like it boy. starts as ignorance, but just evolves into like willful stupidity, and then and I. Willful stupidity, is there really any difference from maliciousness? Uh, I think maliciousness intends to cause direct harm. Uh, willful stupidity doesn't necessarily mean you're intending mm. to hurt someone. You just, you're not focused on that fact that that's going to be the result of your actions. Yeah, just kind of happens that way. All right, so but the best villains are the ones who are convinced they're doing something right. It, that's exactly right. They're the ones with the self-righteousness. But I, I am right. East Wars Megatron. Yeah. <laughs> Archer's so not twirling his mustache and tying to Paul to train tracks here. Oh, God, that'd be hot. Anyway, so we cut down to the hearing. <laughs> and we got the three uh, the three Vulcans sitting on one side uh, of the table. Uh, uh, uh. Archer convinces Paul to go to the hearing because he says, to do it for all the little gays out there that need a, a role model. Oh, right. 
Right. You know, maybe you'll be the one to change the cultural tide, and suddenly they'll start accepting the homosexuals. And then we'll get drag queens on TV. Which is, is a noble goal. I mean, to Paul's drag race. I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds like No, no, I just figured that was a perfect pun, too. Yeah. All right, so they're down here in this kind of courtroom kind of seating, and Riker beams down and goes, what the f Oh, wait, no, wrong episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, yeah, Archer is trying to white man explain to the Vulcans what mind-melding <laughs> is. <laughs> Archer's human-splaining to them. Yeah, he is. And the Vulcans are like, oh, the mind melding is only done by this very specific minority of Vulcans who have elected to conduct themselves in an unacceptable manner. Unacceptable! And they're born this way. So it's not like they have a, they have a genetic aberration that allows them to mind meld. Which, again, doesn't that contradict everything else we've ever heard about Vulcans? They're all just kind of have this... Yes. This... Okay, just checking. I mean, given that basically every Vulcan we see in a later series is able to mind meld if they want to, yes, well, I would say like, this is a contradiction. Yeah, it seems pretty blatant to me. So I'm wondering, did like something fucking happen after this episode between Int and TOS? Well, again, I think that's that uh, three-parter in season four. Okay. Which also okay. explained why the Vulcan stopped being as much of a colossal asshole. Hmm. A collective colossal asshole? Yes. Like a singular pointy-eared asshole? Yes. It's like if the oh, Borg were an anus. Singularity. <laughs> no, it's like if the Borg were an anus. But made of Vulcans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I've not had nearly enough to drink to absorb this. It's hard to absorb the Vulcan anus collective. <laughs> So there's this back and forth, and they're trying to like Archer's like going, "Oh, you're you're being illogical, and you're the oppressing my." The Vulcanian's collective is really stubborn, really tense. <laughs> just, it should really rigid. loosen up. <laughs> and the Vulcans are like, "Oh, you just want them to be able to spread their disease to all of us, our good wholesome hetero kids." Ugh, gosh. Yeah, and she gets on her high horse and like, oh, you're just scared of anything that isn't conform to what you consider acceptable behavior, and you just, you guys are old and not cool. You guys don't understand. And then Eurus finally gets done with this shit and goes, "I'm gay." It's like and, you know that scene in and out. Yes. I don't remember that. I just remember the hamburgers. Hmm. <laughs> So whatever, Eris outs himself. He's like, oh, we're no different than you, and we just can share ideas and thoughts in a different way. And the two older guys are like, harumph, harumph, harumph. And that's when Eris spills the beans that, like, it's not her fault. She was raped. She was mind-milled against her will, and that's how she got the disease. Oh, this is so heavy. Do you know what this needs, like, after every scene is... Uh... The guy from Don't Be a Menace to South Central drinking a juice in the hood, popping and yelling, message. <laughs> yes, that would be nice. That would be a good rig. Now, I gotta say, I love the Vulcan's costumes in this. Like, I have like, the Vulcan script, like, kind of, like, uh, near the edge of the 
The flap? It's their name tag, Scott. Well, I can't read it. I don't know. I don't speak Moon Vulcan. Yeah, <laughs> your, your creepy moon language. Um, all right, so whatever. They're like, oh, this is Actually, your... Vulcan's a planet. <laughs> what you're thinking of is Vulcan's monster. <laughs> <laughs> Vulcan's monster. Uh, <laughs> that's a good cheese. Vulcan's right, monsters? So back up in the medical <laughs> <laughs> I think Trip has finally figured out the neutron microscope. He's in there showing it to Flux. Going, okay, I think we got it to work. Fusel and then he Flux. breaks it. Yeah, Fusel Flux comes in and they sniff each other, to which Trip just kind of like looks away as if it's like they're doing something gross. He looks away with an embarrassed direction. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens to the, the microscope. He turns too quickly and knocks it off the table with his dick. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh. And then Malcolm uh, comes in being all British. Which dick? <laughs> then Malcolm comes in being all British and goes, oh, cock. <laughs> so, yeah, Flox is like, well, it's a shame you two didn't fuck. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> and then I like how Trip gets up, like, stares in the middle of the distance, like, well, back to my warp engine. <laughs> so the plasma's running a little hot. <laughs> feels like, I know how it feels. <laughs> Uh, oh man, he's gonna be rubbing out one so hard in his bunk tonight. He's gonna and the, the Nubians have a good laugh at the humans. <laughs> Bunch of squares. All right, up in the captain's ready room, um, Archer gives to Paul the latest news because apparently he subscribes to their Facebook feed or whatever. Yours has been suspended, uh, but they're not going to send you away because you were given the disease against your will because you're not part of the minority. They don't care now, but they're going to string up Yuris in a town square by his entrails. So, happy ending, right? Yeah, everything works out fine. Let's Fucking get fine. smoothies. Plomake smoothies. <sighs> it's just water. It's just water that's been stirred. <laughs> Very smooth. <laughs> Perfectly uniform. It's only logical. <laughs> okay. Let's go on. So, T'Pol's going to contact High Command anyway. Even though she barely scraped by not getting recalled, she's going to contact High Command and start arguing a case for Eurus. So, yay? They'll stir up that dust of bees some more. Hmm? And never mention it again. Right. And the captain is like, well, I'm so glad he threw himself under the bus because I have you. I don't really care what happens to him or your culture, but I'm glad you're here to do the science officer stuff because I'm not going to trust anybody else with it. Look at these idiots. <laughs> do you know what Trip's I mean, been up to the last three days? Yeah, he's trying not to fuck somebody else's wife. I did it three times when no one was looking. <laughs> I don't have any problems with it. <laughs> so that's it. Hooray, Space Aids! We solved Space Aids in Star Trek. Everyone happy and content now? We all happy we figured it out? Good job, Star Trek. Yeah. This episode on that one. This episode is so terrible. <laughs> it's interesting that we start like with like the shittiest of the moral episodes. And they got less shit had gone down, but they still take crap. <laughs> 
Well, this one could have been better, but it was so fucking All handed. of them could have been better. Well, <laughs> some of them, even conceptually, there's no saving them. You know what I mean? This one is like, well, you could have made an allegory, but they were so ham-fisted, it was just like, I felt like I was being beaten over the head with the thing the whole time. The problem with this episode is that the allegory is so strong and so direct, they would been better off just doing a fucking gay story. Y- yeah. I mean, like, it, it's like, the, I don't know exactly what, this is like the original series episode where the aliens were white on one side and black on the other. Right. And the racist against the ones that were the reverse. That were black on one side and white on the other, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get, like, you get. either all the same. Right. Like, you get an A for effort, but I mean, eh. <laughs> a, a D for creativity. Right, right. Okay, well that was that was rough. At least the B plot was fun. Thank God the B plot was worth it, because otherwise, man, this would just been a bludgeon on somebody's head. Uh what a terrible I'll episode. Out bacon. <laughs> All right, so, um, so it's bad too, because even the producers were like, "Yeah, we totally dropped the ball on this one." Yeah. <laughs> And the thing is, and the message you're even saying isn't even like controversial or out there or in, in in some ways didn't really need to be said. Don't persecute people for being gay and for having a disease. It's wrong. I mean, is that really that far out of a, of a message that needed to be said? Is that something yeah, that... This episode is about 20 years too late to really be progressive. <laughs> Thank you. That's... Yes. Yeah, like I said, sure like... we said that earlier in the episode. Yep. Yeah, it was time to come out like what for like National AIDS Week or some bullshit to raise awareness. Except of, Pen- of Pinar syndrome. <laughs> yeah, uh- <laughs> it's true. I wasn't aware of it before this episode, and now I am. So good job. <laughs> now I'm terrified of, of contact of contracting it. Thanks. But excited by the thought of Denoblians. Yes, I am. My goodness. I mean, look at her. Yeah. You know, prehensile clitoris. Okay, so... I should have been able to tell by the way she parked her shuttlecraft sideways it would never last. <laughs> Alright, so next we have uh, DS9. Uh, bada bing, bada bang. And I, I don't I don't recall this one. Oh, you should watch it. It's fun. Well, I intend to, since we're going to talk about it next week. <laughs> That's also a good reason to watch it. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. So which one is this one? What's the what's the, what's the the gist of this one? It's a season seven episode. Motherfucker, you're not going to tell me, are you? <laughs> when holographic mobsters assume control of oh, Big Four Max, you're ruining Lounge, <laughs> Bashir, O'Brien, and others plot to, ruin, plot to run Vic's rival out of business and restore the program to normal. Oh. So what social commentary are we, we talking about? No, we're done with social commentary. Ocean's Eleven? Oh, thank 11? God. That was the last one? Oh, thank yeah. goodness. <laughs> oh, whew. Although, anything ever again. Although Cisco <laughs> goes off on a bit of a rant in the episode. About? About Ocean's Eleven remakes? Yeah, I'm with <laughs> on that. <laughs> Ocean's 47? What the fuck? <laughs> it's all the Ocean's. Yes. This time they're all Denoblians. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all married to each other. 
And that sounds like a sitcom. Oh man, can you imagine Denobly in sitcoms with three wives? Oh, God, that'd be awesome. I mean, just listen to like the gossip they're telling each other. That sounds rad. Yeah, because Ocean's Left movie done by the Borg. <laughs> Ocean's One. Ocean it's, like, it's, a, it's a whole army of them. It's just one, though. <laughs> Ocean's, Ocean's 11. Collect- of 11. Ocean's Collective. Ocean 7 of 11. No. Uh, alrighty. Well, I'm all bummed out now thinking about space aids. Let you take your space prep and you'll be fine. Jeez Louise. <laughs> hmm. Did not be on sitcom? Like, I imagine the wacky circumstance of that is that, like, it's three males and three females, and by some weird coincidence, they're all just married to each other, and there's no, like, outside connection, so they're, you know, like, the weirdos <laughs> in the community. Oh my god, that would be... Am- yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And it's all one big blended family and one big house. Yeah. It's like step-by-step, but, like, exponentially higher or the Brady yes. Bunch I mean either way it's a... Patrick Duffy and Denoblian makeup <sighs> I mean <laughs> wouldn't be any worse than Patrick Duffy looks now probably better yeah Suzanne Summers in Denoblian makeup though better take off a regular Suzanne Summers makeup oh yeah well no then you expose your lizard face um <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> the Noblins, I mean, you know. No, I think we've gone full circle on that one. <laughs> Damn, I'm a little disappointed now. We'll never get to actually see a Denobulan sitcom. Yeah, that would be fucking rad. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be good for one episode. Then I think it'd exhaust all the jokes. Yeah. Although I am still a little annoyed that Denobulans were there early on in the Federation and all this kind of stuff. And they didn't exist like in TNG. They didn't they came up with a new race for Enterprise instead of using like an existing one. They probably all went extinct. They fucked each other to death. <laughs> Their gene pool collapsed. <laughs> yes. They actually speciated. Each individual came its own species and couldn't breed with any of the others. <laughs> Their gene pool was too broad. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just all became like homogenized, like milk. Yeah, it was like like plumeat soup. <laughs> they all became homogenized and then had a plague or something. <laughs> yeah, like dragon space age. Well, I'm just thankful that we didn't get Tellurites because who the fuck wants that? Yeah, it's a shame season five didn't happen though. They wanted to make um, Shran a regular. God, I'd love that. So not only, would we, not only would we have had an Endorian every week, we would have had Jeffrey Combs every week. For a change. <laughs> no, no, in, as the same character. Not as oh, okay. Character. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That, that's the difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Shrand, I mean, he was just absolutely one of my favorite Star Trek characters. Every time he was on camera, it was just fucking magical. I loved every episode with him in it. It's like, oh, fuck yes, it's an Andorian episode. <laughs> See, I feel that way about Dukat. Well, yeah, Dukat as well. I mean, Dukat and is Garrick. Just, yeah. And Garrick, yes. <laughs> I'm talking about Enterprise specifically. Oh. But yes, I well, agree. Look for high points where you can find them. That's true. That's true. Definitely after the fucking opening credits. It's like, yeah, it's a Hoshi episode. Oh, fuck. 
The only time she was her awesome was the Mirror Universe episode. That was it. Well, because her other focus episodes were one where she got driven crazy by the transporter. Yep. And one where she was sold to an alien for something the ship needed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's fine. Those are the only two Hoshi episodes I can remember. <laughs> I, I I honestly, I can only remember the Mirror Universe one. I don't remember her ever doing or saying anything else ever. Ever. Well, she answered the phone sometimes. <laughs> Earth calling, are we reaching? Oh, <laughs> oh, please. The sad thing is, like, in the pilot, her background is she's a teacher at a university. Which is kind of a cool concept, except yeah, they never has... do anything with it ever again. Yeah, well, they're right, just going to break right. the streak of putting teachers on spaceships. <laughs> Not going to make any challenging jokes about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. We're the internet's most sensitive podcast about Star Trek. <laughs> 